This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to the Idea City Podcast. For more information or to watch talks online, go to ideacity.ca or check out the Idea City channel on YouTube. Hello, and welcome to Idea City on the Air. By the end of the next half hour, you'll be inspired and enlightened by the world's biggest ideas, innovations, and breakthroughs as you hear about them in talks from the planet's smartest people. Moses Nimer's three-day annual Idea City conference in Toronto has been called Canada's premier meeting of the minds, and we're glad to have your mind with us. In this episode of Idea City on the Air, Joan Taylor speaks about what Jesus looked like. The thing about, uh, about our next speaker, Joan Taylor, that caught my eye was the title of her uh, new book, and, and it is, What Did Jesus Look Like? And, uh, and when I spotted the title, I thought, of course, yes, uh, it's about time somebody is going to address this thing, because, of course, we've seen him depicted every which way, including looking a lot like Fabio. Um, <laughs> and, and, of course, it doesn't really make sense. So here is a uh, trusted academic, an academic of great depth, who is finally addressing the question, uh, what did he look like? How tall was he? What was the shade? And so on. And, and the next thing that caught my eye is when I looked into it, um, Joan is described as the professor of Christian origins and Second Temple Judaism. Now that's refined. <laughs> Whoa. I thought it was irresistible, so we reached all the way to the UK, and we brought her here. Joan Taylor, please come and address us. Great. Well, thank you for inviting me. Thanks. Yes, well, thank you. And uh, I'm sure when you think of Jesus, you've all got something in your mind. I just want to point out my version of Jesus from when I was 13. <laughs> and my mother kept this particular image of Jesus and, and had it on her wall for a while. Um, and I found it recently and I thought, hey, that's actually quite good <laughs> for that kind of recognizable uh, Jesus. Because you can see in this image some of the things we expect from our image of Jesus. For a start, Jesus is European. <laughs> my 13-year-old Jesus was European and he has kind of reddish nut-brown hair. It's quite long, parted in the middle, a beard, and he's got this long baggy robe. You can't sort of see the... But it's normally down to the ground. I've covered it up in a big blue mantle, very large, and baggy sleeves, um, and that is our Jesus. This is what we learn in Sunday school. This is what we have even in modern films. 
of Jesus, where he looks a bit shaggier and rougher and, and wearing beige, but he's generally in these long robes with baggy sleeves. So, as Moses said in my book, I wanted to ask this question, what did Jesus really look like? And I wanted to go through all the different evidence over the centuries and try and work out if there was something that was solid in terms of a real memory of Jesus. So in the fourth and fifth century, they were trying to find an image of Jesus that would really say something, that would give people some theological clues to what he really meant. And we get this image of Jesus with the long hair parted in the middle, the beard, the big robes, actually starting off fourth century and then the the really shown really beautifully in Santa Prudenziana from the beginning of the fifth century. So I don't know, many of you will have gone to Rome and and perhaps gone to Santa Prudenziana. It's a, a lovely little church and the apse mosaic there has this image of Jesus dressed in a gold toga looking very much the ruler of the world. He's sitting on a bejeweled throne. He's incredibly in charge. And it seemed to be saying, trust Jesus, he is the guy who rules everything. This is Jesus who is glorified at the end of time. And the reason Jesus was portrayed in this way with the the hair and the beard is because they were trying to bring out a memory for the viewers of what they were familiar with in terms of images of Zeus and other gods who had this big hair, long hair and a beard. So Jesus becomes a kind of mini Zeus, a son of Zeus, son of God. And everyone who is familiar with this iconography could go, aha, this is what we get from this particular message in this art. But in fact, in the uh, second, third century, another type of Zeus called Serapis from Egypt was very popular in the Roman Empire. And he had indeed these long robes, exactly the Jesus robes being worn by Zeus Serapis. Um, And people saw this and and recognised that Jesus was better than Zeus Serapis or or a a young version of, of this god. So we've got this iconography, this style of art that is all about meaning, all about telling us who Jesus was. He's alpha and omega. He's the beginning and the end. This is not the real human being Jesus of Galilee in the first century. This is all about proclamation. But what happened was that image of Jesus, that God image of Jesus, then gets transformed into a kind of historical figure. So Jesus is then imagined as looking like that as walking around Judea and Galilee in the first century. It just so happens that no one looked like this in Galilee and Judea in the, in the first century. This is not a first century Jewish man. Now, why is this important? If we think about great figures of recent times like Mahatma Gandhi or Martin Luther King, 
their image, their appearance actually was quite important for what they were saying. And so Martin Luther King dressed in quite nice suits because he was concerned to show the dignity of African Americans. And he wanted to, to dress in nice suits that would match the, the fine suits of the, the white men that he would encounter. And for Gandhi, he dressed in the, the cotton clothing of the, the common uh, poor man of India um, and actually learnt how to spin cotton. And he was doing that as a kind of statement that he was on the side of these people against the British Empire. So appearance actually does matter. Now, if because of some weird glitch in information saving in a thousand years' time, Gandhi and Martin Luther King were remembered like this, we would start to worry um, if that was how they were going to be remembered, you know, losing their ethnicity. But that's actually exactly what's happened to Jesus. He's lost his ethnicity and he's dressed in this completely different style of clothing. Coming up after the break. Given Jesus is not described in the Gospels. I think that it's possible he wasn't described because he was kind of average looking. He wasn't particularly tall, he wasn't particularly short, there was nothing particularly distinguishing about him. Welcome back to Idea City on the Air. You're listening to Joan Taylor speak about what Jesus looked like. In one of Jesus' sayings, he talks about those, who, those men who walk around in long robes as being not like him. <laughs> He's not a guy who, who wears long robes. And they have a particular concern with status because long robes, as Zeus Serapis is dressed in, is the kind of thing that you associate with someone who is in a royal house, who is very well-to-do in society, who is um, thinking about their own honour and glory. And Jesus was pointing at those people and saying, you're not caring. You're not caring about the poor. You're not showing mercy. You're devouring widows' houses. So that kind of style of clothing, to care a lot about your clothing was something that indicates the opposite of what Jesus and his disciples were trying to do. Now, if we want to try and find Jesus as he really was, we have to look at the evidence for Jews in, first century, in the first century. And one of the interesting things is that given Jesus is not described in the Gospels, I think that it's possible he wasn't described because he was kind of average looking. He wasn't particularly tall, he wasn't particularly short, there was nothing particularly distinguishing about him. He looked like a lot of other guys in terms of his basic body. Um, so this is a, a coin, these are a couple of coins from um, the first century which show Jews at this time in the top, uh, on the top right you can see um, 
the, a, a Jewish captive. And you can see that the, the guy has uh, fairly short hair and a beard. And in the, on the bottom, on the right-hand side, you can see what I think is a Jewish priest. He's got these pants on, which is very unusual. Um, and he's bending the knee to Roman uh, army insignia. He's been forced to um, bend the knee to Rome. Uh, and these were issued at the time of the Jewish revolt in, uh, in 70, when the Romans put down this... Um, Revolt. So that image on the right is from a, a mummy cask, but I like that image because it in, indicates the sort of look we're going for here in terms of a first century Jewish face. Um, on the left hand side, there's a skull, one of the skulls from um, Qumran. And one of the fascinating things for me was to discover that. Really interesting work has been done by physical anthropologists on skeletons of Jews ex excavated in uh, Judea and Galilee um, from the first century and sometimes second century. And they have really looked at the issue of ethnicity and what people correspond to anciently in terms of modern populations, actually. And they have said that um, Jews of the first century looked quite a lot like Iraqi Jews today. So if we're going to be thinking about Jesus' ethnicity, we should be looking at Jew Iraqi Jews. So we're thinking brown skin, black hair, brown eyes. Jesus was not a pale person. Jesus was not a European. Think a brown skin, please. Um, and it's important, I think, because it situates him as a Jewish man in his time. If we make him into a European, we're detaching him from his people. He was of his time and place. There's a really interesting saying by Jesus about these people that he objects to, looking for status and, and, and glory, and saying um, they are concerned to be seen by people, they um, broaden their phylacteries and lengthen their edges. It's one of those li strange lines of, of the Bible that has to be a little bit uh, translated uh, in terms of uh, modern English. Phylacteries um, we'll get back to, but what are edges? Well, edges in terms of uh, Jewish menswear were tassels that were on the four corners of your mantle. And your mantle was a great big rectangular cloak that you wrapped around you. So in fact, in the catacombs, in the Roman catacombs, there is a picture of Jesus wearing a mantle with a tassel. And it relates to a story of healing where a woman with an issue of blood grabs hold of this um, edge, this, this tassel, and, um, and by grabbing hold of it, the power of healing comes out of Jesus and um, she is, she's made well. And this was absolutely typical Jewish wear. It was what um, Jewish men were supposed to wear. So Jesus was not just a Jew, he looked like a Jew. <laughs> he wore the clothes that you would expect a Jewish man to, to wear. These tassels had to have very, very expensive blue thread in them. And there were various ways of copying the blue thread um, in a cheaper way. But if you lengthened your tassel, it showed that you had the money 
to do something that was more expensive than other people. So phylacteries, broadening the phylactery, that was just something that um, Jewish men were supposed to wear during prayer over the forehead and on the arm. And if you length and if you broadened that, that was somehow advertising your piety. But the contrast between advertising your piety and actually doing terrible things to the poor and being non-compassionate is something that Jesus was concerned about. Now, underneath the mantle, you think a big rectangular mantle, normally people would wear a tunic made in two parts, front and back with stripes down the side. And often these tunics were very colorful. And we've even got pictures now uh, found in ancient uh, capitalize of workmen wearing such tunics, so we know that this is the sort of thing that people wore, or men wore these short tunics down to the, uh, to the, the knee. So those who wear long robes are not these kinds of workmen, um, because as if you wear a short tunic, you're physically active, you're out there um, and doing things. Only if you, wear if you wear long robes, you have leisure time. But we're told with Jesus' clothing one really interesting thing that um, in the story of the transfiguration, he goes up on the mountain and his clothes were suddenly very, very white. So there's this visionary experience of Jesus having very, very white clothes that shows that he didn't have very white clothes beforehand. He would have worn something either maybe with a bit of color in it or um, something that really needed a good laundry powder to, to sort it out. So we've got this idea of before and after with Jesus just on this one occasion, and we can get the sense of him wearing something a bit rough. There's another thing that I find really fascinating, and it's in the Gospel of John, where the soldiers, they actually cast lots for what he's wearing as a tunic. And they, they cast lots for it because it's really not worth anything whole. Archaeology has been really helpful here too because in uh, Kirbet Hazon on the, the eastern side of the Dead Sea, they have actually found these one-piece tunics. The revealing thing is that these are under-tunics. You wear a one-piece tunic under your proper tunic on top. And there, these are examples of children's tunics uh, that were just you know, worn by poor children in the area. So Jesus, I think, was wearing something that wasn't even a proper tunic. He was, like Gandhi, wearing clothing that would be appropriate for the poor. And over, over his uh, under tunic, he would have had this mantle, but it was very, very rough. There's one particular piece by a, a Roman philosopher called Celsus, who is completely denouncing Christians. He doesn't like Christians, he doesn't think much of, of Jesus, and he writes against him. And what he says, essentially, is that Jesus is shabby. He, he looks like a, a beggar. There's, there's nothing very nice about the way Jesus looks. And when the Christians defended themselves against Celsus, they defended all sorts of things that he said about them and about Jesus, but they never defended this. Because this is actually something that does tally with everything else we have on uh, Jesus. Um, it tallies with the, this little statement that uh, 
You know, Jesus has a sense of his own homeless wandering. Uh, foxes have dens and birds have nests, but this son of humanity has no place to lay his head. He was a wanderer. He, he was on the streets. He accepted charity from strangers. He was with the poor. And I think that's really important in terms of understanding his essential message. I have this image that I have now drawn of Jesus, and I invite you to colour it in. Um, or make your own picture of Jesus, thinking about the sorts of things that I think we can more reliably know about this man who lived 2,000 years ago. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening to Idea City on the Air. Catch Moses Neimer's Idea City Conference live every June in Toronto or on regularly scheduled radio and TV shows throughout the year. And find hundreds of talks online every day at ideacity.ca. For more information about Idea City, find us online at ideacity.ca, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or youtube.com slash ideacity. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.